Welcome to Getting Curious. I'm Jonathan Van Ness. And every week, I sit down for a gorgeous conversation with a brilliant expert to learn all about something that makes me curious. You know I love to talk about hair care, skin care, and self-care, but rarely do we ever get the chance to do so on Getting Curious. So today, in our last new episode of the year, we are turning the mic on you, our listeners, for a very special Q&A episode focused on beauty. I'm your hot, gorgeous expert. I'm going to answer all your questions. We raise a glass, settle in, and let's get going on a gorgeous conversation. Our first question is from Carrie about staying sleep while getting sweaty. Uh, I can't wait. Roll the question. Hi, my name is Carrie, and I have a beauty question. But first, I just want to say thank you to Jonathan and the JVN team for putting out such thoughtful, entertaining, and open content. It truly is highlights of my day when I see it. So my question is one that I Google and I genuinely find 15,000 different answers to this. So I would love your perspective on washing your hair while working out. All I know is that you hear wash your hair maybe two times a week. But if you're working out five times a week and sweating like I do, what's the right balance? What are the products? Please help. I hope you take this question. I wish you guys the best. Thank you. First of all, what a gorgeous compliment from a Carrie. And I love that you said that there was like 16,000 responses. And actually, the right balance is as unique as there are people who work out and wash their hair. Like everyone's hair is going to need like something like a little bit different. So that's the first thing to understand is that like this is a whole spectrum. It's not like a right or wrong. I do wish that I knew a little bit more about Carrie's hair. She didn't leave her phone number for us to like call her back on the fly, did she? Yeah, we do have a callback number. Should we pull it up? Oh my God, I can't believe we're calling Carrie. Oh my God. Uh, this is the most fun we've ever had. Hello. Carrie, darling, it's Jonathan. How are you? Hey, how are you? We didn't see this coming, but your question was so fucking good, Queen. It made me have a question so that I can like thoroughly and completely answer your question. My question for you is, what type of hair do you have? Is your hair on like the straighter side? Is it curlier? Do you color treat your hair? Like what's happening with your hair? So I have bone straight hair. I would describe it as thin, but I have like a lot of thin A lot hair. of fine like, hair. Yeah. So like I get my hair highlighted and my stylist, every time I do it, she's like, oh, I always forget how much hair you have. <laughs> yes. Okay. Love that. I love that hair type. Okay. So that helps me a lot. So how often do you get your hair highlighted? Like every like other month, like eight weeks, 12 weeks? 12 weeks. I'll alternate between full head and half head. That has so much to do with like how much you should be trying to wash or avoid washing the hair. If you highlight your hair, it's just putting it through a chemical process. So you want to like try to be a little bit easier on it with the washing, making sure that you're like doing something that's like sulfate free is really important as well. And then also, I would say the most important thing is if you're going to wash every day, you got to use a heat protector when you dry the hair. And I would also say that you should try to avoid actually air drying if you do wash every day. Air drying can be like a part of the story. Like it can be something that you do sometimes, like, you know, two or three times a week. But if your hair is bleached, 
for your highlights. Your highlighted hair is going to have one amount of porosity, like it's going to absorb one amount of water. And then your virgin, like uncolor treated hair is going to have like a different amount of porosity. Your hair is a lot like fabric. So like think about what your t-shirt would look like soaking wet in water and then just like let it air dry every single day. Like depending on how you hang it, it's going to get a little tattery. It's going to be a little bit stretched. I would have thought of that the totally opposite way. I even recently changed my hairstyle from being quite long, like beyond the middle of my back to within an inch of my shoulder. So I feel like I have to like use heat to style it. Like I can't get away with the air dry as much. It also kind of depends on like what your goals are. Like if your goal is to have your hair like as long as possible, then like washing less is better because you really want to like not expose it to so much like wetting and drying of the hair. There's like two main types of bonds of hair and like one of them is called the hydrogen bond and that's the one that like is affected by like heat styling and that's kind of like that whole fabric analogy. Like it's just too much like wetting and drying of the hair if your goal is like to have as long as possible. Once you take some of the length off and you get more regular haircuts and it doesn't need to be so, so long, then you can kind of get away with like washing it more often because as it gets damaged, you're going to be cutting those ends off. And so it's kind of a little bit more okay. But you really want to have a combo of like heat styling sometimes so that your hair isn't spending three and four hours wet, like air drying after washing every single day. But you could air dry like a couple times a week and then heat style a couple times a week. It's that sort of thing. And then also you really want to make sure that you're using heat protection for when you're heat styling, especially if your hair is finer and especially since you color treat your hair. And really, you should use heat protection all the time, even if your hair is like not color treated. And then the other thing I would say is this. Sweat is not bad for your hair. If it's physically dirty because you like laid it in somebody else's sweat or, you know, you touched on something that was gross, that's one thing. But if you're just like working at a home or even working out at the gym, but you didn't lay your head back on something, like I would always like put one of those like hand towels on the ground and then like lay my head on that. So you're not like putting like the back of your ponytail like right on the ground. And then that would make me feel like I could get away a little bit more. So like even if you get sweaty as shit, like Bikram ass sweaty, like if you are just sweating, like just fucking so goddamn sweaty. What I do is like I will come home, I'll spray some complete conditioning mist in my ends to kind of get my ends a little bit more wet, you know, because it's like my roots are more wet and my ends are kind of dry. So I'll kind of refresh it with like a leave in or like a detangler just on my ends and to reapply a little bit of heat protection. I might do a little bit of instant recovery serum on my very ends on top of that, even on day two and three, if I'm between haircuts, but then you just rough dry it and you just blow dry your sweat right back into your hair. Then you can run like a curling iron over it, do a flat iron, you know, put it up. But the oils that your scalp makes, like the sebum and the oil that your scalp makes is so good for your hair. And you actually really don't want to wash it out. Like it's mother nature's conditioner. It's like actually really good for the hair. So especially since you do highlight your hair, I think really washing like two to three times a week, you're fine. Every day I do think is too much, but if you must and you just can't not do it every day, make sure you're using sulfate free, make sure you're not doing air drying every single day. And then because you will be heat styling, make sure you're still using heat styling. Now I feel like I could more accurately answer your question, Carrie. A hundred percent answered my question. Thank you so much. And I will say, 
I mean, it's obviously because I'm a fan of you, and so you're plugging, but I do use your air dry cream and conditioner. have not used the heat styling cream only because it's sold out at the Sephora. Oh my God, that's so sweet. I do love like our Embody shampoo, and then because your hair is highlighted, the undamaged conditioner could be really good. Also, pre-wash scalp oil is your best friend of all time. So super good. Like, sorry, I'm so obsessed with my own products, but I really am. And then also randomly, because you said that your hair is bored straight, does it have trouble holding a curl sometimes if you do run a curling iron through it? Oh, I, I, I literally don't even try anymore. Okay, someday try this because this is one of my favorite rule breaking things with air dry cream. Are you ready? Okay, because air dry cream, it actually is like a texture enhancer. So it's going to like increase hold. It's great for like people with afros or like my curly hair. And you can totally air dry it if your hair is straight as well. It's just going to give you a little bit of like pieciness, like a little bit of texture on your air dry. You know, which is cute. Yeah. It'll give it like a little bend. I never suggest for people to like round brush with it. But yeah. you have that finer hair that doesn't hold a curl. I love putting like a quarter of air dry cream on wet hair. Then just rough dry the shit out of it with like no nozzle on your blow dryer. Like just like rough dry it upside down. Get it as big as you can. Then curl it. And don't really brush it. Like don't take the paddle brush to it. Just detangle it before you put the air dry cream in there. And then just flip your head upside down, blow dry it big and fluffy, and then run a curling iron through there. And I find that hair that does not like holding a curl will actually kind of hold a curl because it has chia seed and linseed. It's a plant-based fixative, so it's going to give you more hold. Once you, like, blow dry it into the hair, it doesn't feel like a gel anymore, but it keeps that hold. And I think for blowout milk, that would also be really great for you for when you wear it, like, sleeker and smoother, and you'll be able to get away with using, like, a half a pump for your whole head. But that air dry cream to like create texture and hold on hair that typically doesn't hold it. I love it for using that. It's just a really good like little rule breaker technique for that one. I will 100% try that because I, <laughs> what I used to do to hold a curl is I would sleep with my wet hair and curling irons like old grandma style. I love that and too though. But that gets it like super curly and it, I usually just like give myself a day to let it calm down. Those heatless waves are cute too. Like if you put air dry cream in and then do those like heatless wave things that you wrap around your hair, like then that doesn't get like so Shirley Temple on your ass. Like it's a little more of like a beachy wave. Carrie, thank you so much for like answering the phone. And like, this is like literally not part of the plan, but I just like loved your voicemail so much. And I was like, oh my God, did Carrie leave us her phone number? Can we like call Carrie? And then all of the producers looked at me like, I don't know. We've never done that before. And I was like, well, let's just like try. Maybe she's around. Like, we'll just pretend like it's like 2000 when people like made phone calls all the time. It'll be fun. I love it. And I honestly didn't expect to call back. It's, it's so much fun. It's so much fun. So yeah, yes for us. And you're the best. Did we have so much fun? We can't stand it. Our next question is from Kelly in St. Paul, Minnesota. I wish I had a Minnesotan accent to really do this. Kelly asks, I love to winter run and walk to embrace the cold and snow here. Is it bad for hair to be exposed to super cold temps? Not wet, of course, but sometimes sweaty. Love your hair care products and podcast. Also amazing packaging on the shampoo and conditioner. Thank you. Oh my God, Kelly. Thank you, Kelly. That reminds me of that video of that lady who is like, on the local news and she was like, I love running in this snow. It's so powdery and not slippery at all. And then when she runs away, <laughs> she falls like flat on her back. <laughs> that is like the funniest video. If you haven't seen it, we'll put it in the show notes on the episode description. It's like genius. But anyway, back to the question. I would probably say if you're wearing like a hat and like a hood over your head, especially if you're wearing like a hood, like a hooded jacket, but not a hat, 
If your hair is like getting all hot under the hood and like rubbing all over that fabric, like that might be a little bit of wear and tear. So maybe like put a little bit of like instant recovery serum on your hair, like braid it and then put like a hat over the top of your head just to like minimize the friction. And then when you get home from your run, just blow dry that moisture out of your hair. Put some complete conditioning mist on there for heat protection. You could do some instant recovery serum on there for heat protection. And then just like blow dry that sweat out of your roots. Or you can just do the complete conditioning mist to kind of like revive your hair and then blow dry all of it or diffuse all of it just to get that moisture out. You'll be good to go. And I think really like hydro fatigue, which is like when your hair becomes damaged from staying wet for too long, that's not going to be from getting like a little sweaty outside for like a short amount of time. It's more of like if you go outside with like wet hair or like let your hair air dry and it takes your hair like forever in a day to dry, then hydro fatigue can be a thing. But just a little bit of like sweaty running outside, you're going to be good to go. Okay, so now we're going to our next question. You guys, I'm also going to eat a sandwich, which I've never done before. I'm getting curious, but like there's no guest. I'm living my life. Mm. What is it? I'm so glad you asked. If you listen to me talk about food, I used to like not eat during the day because like I never knew what to eat. But like sandwiches, you guys. I'm obsessed with like toasting two pieces of bread. I do like different little meats. And then I do like hearts of romaine and then peppers and then cheese. Okay. Actually, Erica, should you make your debut of Getting Curious as one of the people who asked a question? Oh my God, we're introducing to you Erica Gatto. She's the executive producer of Getting Curious. We love her so much. She's making her debut on Literally Getting Curious right now. Ah, I can't believe she's here. Hi, everyone. It's Erica, and I'm asking a question on behalf of one of our favorite guests, Dr. Jessica Hernandez. She has a cold weather question following up on our last cold weather question, and she asks... During the winter times, a lot of beauties out there complain about dandruff. Is this due to hot showers or something else? How do beauties get rid of dandruff? That is the million dollar question. And first of all, Jessica Hernandez, we love you so much. And also Erica. Okay, so I really honestly wish that we could like call Dr. Tina Lassisi or like call like a dermatologist because I am a hairdresser. So I'm not a doctor, but I can make a few hypotheses. I also struggle with very flaky scalp. It's usually around changes of season. There's also a difference between dandruff and dry scalp. Long, scolding, hot showers can dry the scalp out, and that can cause the scalp to make more oil, which can, like, throw off the balance of your scalp. Also, your whole body can kind of freak out when it goes through temperature changes. Like, I can get psoriasis outbreaks really easily during seasonal changes or, like, really dramatic, like, temperature swings. So that's normal. I think not to constantly plug JVN hair, but I guess I don't even like have to fully. Doing something to soothe the scalp a little bit extra during winter or seasonal changes is a good thing because the scalp and the hair can like tend to get drier, but especially the scalp. So that's going to be more of like a pre-wash treatment. So JVN hair makes one that is like obviously my favorite, like not to be biased. It's the pre-wash scalp oil and it uses like neem oil, which has been used in like formulations for like 5,000 years to help heal like burns, like abrasions in the skin or like weak skin or hair. So we have neem oil in there. Then we also have 
turmeric, which is like really clarifying to the scalp. So if you're having any sort of excess buildup or like excess sebum or like too much oil, the turmeric is going to help to like balance the scalp. Then it also has hemisqualane and squalane, which are both really nurturing. Our squalane and hemisqualane, as opposed to like sharks or olives, comes from a fermented sustainable sugar cane. It also has bisabolol, which is like really good for your actual hair that comes from chamomile. So that formula is like really intensely hydrating and kind of detoxifying to the scalp. So it's really good for when your scalp gets angry. If you have big, huge puzzle pieces of like that dandruff with like the holes in it, you might need to go to a dermatologist. You might need something stronger than like a pre-wash treatment. You might need like more of like a really medicated shampoo and conditioner, you know, something that's more like that. But you could start with just like a pre-wash treatment. You could also like make one at home. You could use like aloe leaf juice on the scalp, maybe like a vitamin E thing. Also dry scalp. Sometimes people really will keep their conditioner off their scalp because they're like, oh, I want more volume. And like, I don't want to like weigh my hair down. Put that conditioner on your scalp. That conditioner has a lot of like healing benefits and like good ingredients in it, which will like help to kind of nurture and soothe your scalp as well. Especially when you are taking those hot ass winter showers, your cuticle of your hair is like wide open and like ready to take on like the nutrition and your skin is also very like open. So put those moisturizing properties and the conditioner like right on those roots and let it sit for a second. That's also going to help with driving the moisture in. And then the other thing would be to try not to like overly wash and stimulate the scalp. If you're like a daily washer, that might exacerbate the dry scalp and like the excess dandruff. So like definitely use a pre-wash scalp oil. And I think try not to like overstimulate oil production by overwashing. And then also, this is like random, but like if you do have dandruff and you're just kind of going through it, like this kind of goes without saying, but like try to stick with colored tops. Like don't wear like, you know, jet black ones. And if it does highlight it, you are just like wearing your black outfits and fuck them. Everybody's seen a little bit of dandruff before. You'll be fine. Everything's fine. We're all hot, sexy sluts. Even if we have dandruff, sometimes we're fucking human. Wait, I didn't mean to say that we're hot, sexy sluts to you, Dr. Jessica Hernandez. I'm so sorry. I freaked out. I love you so much. Well, I guess you could be like a doctor and a scientist and like a hot, sexy, I'm not going to say slut again in reference to Dr. Jessica Hernandez. That just doesn't feel right. Um, I love you, Dr. Hernandez. Thanks for coming on Getting Curious. And I hope you still love me. And maybe we'll edit that out or maybe we'll keep it. We'll see how it feels. You know what I'm saying? We'll just see how it feels. But we just... We can be a multitude of people and things. That was a really good question, though. So now to answer our next question is Zara, our associate producer, as Zara Krim making their debut. I'm literally getting curious. We're so excited. They're going to come over to this very microphone because we're literally in the same room. Welcome to the show, Zara Krim, who's going to be asking. Hi, this is Zara, and I'm making my audio debut. So we have received two excellent questions about dry shampoo. The first one is from Mackenzie in Missouri. What's the deal on dry shampoo? Do you recommend? Ah! Sorry, you have like a really good voice for radio. Get out of here. I do like dry shampoo, but everything has its time and place. So dry shampoo is a great tool to absorb excess oil or absorb excess product. It's meant to extend the life of your blow dry. If you put on a little bit too much gel, put on a little bit too much product in your hair and you want to salvage that style, dry shampoo can be really great for like just absorbing any excess stuff in the hair. Where I think a lot of people go wrong with dry shampoo, the mistakes that I see with dry shampoo most often are one, not knowing how to like work the dry shampoo into the hair. Generally speaking, you're going to want to concentrate the dry shampoo on your scalp. 
I like to go through in sections and like use my finger and kind of pick up like every two to three inches throughout the scalp. Like you pick up rows of your hair and like you do want to try to hold it like an arm's distance away. Like don't hold it like right up to your scalp. Try to spray the dry shampoo towards your roots. That's like where it gets, you know, the most buildup and gets the flattest and where you can see that the hair is kind of oily. Really use your fingers to like massage it throughout your scalp. Work the product in. You want to concentrate around your face and throughout the crown. Then you want to get on the sides and the back too. If your hair is curly and you're using the dry shampoo, you're obviously not going to want to take like a paddle brush and like brush it through your curly hair unless you're really wanting to rock it big. You're going to want to use more of like your fingers and really like massage it into your scalp and then do like a reviving mist for your like day two curls. But then you're going to want to take a paddle brush if your hair is straight brush it all throughout your scalp. Then you're going to want to even take a blow dryer and like really work it into the hair. And that's really how you activate dry shampoos and make it so that you don't just have like a plume of powder like right on your scalp. If you ever see someone with like chunky, like white powder on their scalp, it's not cocaine. It's probably not dandruff. It's probably just like unworked in dry shampoo. And who would have like that much cocaine sitting on top of their head? That would be like a shitload of money, I'm sure. But the thing is, is that like, It's not you just like spray it in and then you walk out. Like you got to like work it into the hair. The other big mistake that I see with dry shampoos is like relying on them too long. If you are on like day 15 and you got white powder falling out of your scalp and you turn to the right too fast, you need to wash the hair. What would your face look like if you just kept spraying powder on it and not washing it? For like 10 and 11 days, it's going to get bumpy. It's going to get dermatitis. It's going to be irritated. Your scalp is actually some of the most sensitive skin on your body. So you need to just wash your fucking hair. I think like up to like a week without washing is okay. I prefer like twice a week. I think that's like the best balance, at least for, you know, my hair and for most clients hair, but you can go like a week for sure. But definitely like don't be using dry shampoo to control oil production all day, every day for like two weeks at a time. And then the second question was, hello, Mixed Vaness. Hi. I have a question about dry shampoo. I've learned from recent recalls the dangers of high levels of benzene in many products. You better work. In addition, I have asthma, so worry about butane as a propellant. I don't want cancer or bad lungs. Hello. But I do want to keep my hair looking fresh between shampoos. I tend towards the oily side, and I've relied on dry shampoo between washes. What do you recommend? There's like aerosol ones, and then there's more like shake powder ones. Aerosol is going to be less environmentally friendly. The ones that are more like powder shake based, like you got to work them a little bit more, but I think that they last a little bit longer. Like I kind of prefer those kind. There's one by Chlorine that I like that you actually have to like physically pump the bottle. Like that's what propels the powder out. It's not like an aerosol based one. And I actually really like that one. You can even just like do fucking straight cornstarch, I believe, like not a ton, which like put a little bit and just like work it through your roots. It's going to give you like a similar vibe. I feel like I saw it on TikTok and it makes sense because it also like thickens up your hair. I love that question on dry shampoo. That was a, a gorgeous start to our Q&A beauty episode. We're going to take a quick break, hear from some of our favorite commercial sponsors, and then we'll be right back after this. We're back with some questions on hair thinning and hair loss. First, a question from a, a very special listener, Diane from New York. Hi, Jonathan. This is Diane from New York. We have a lot in common. We both are really in love with the executive producer of your show, Erica, who, by the way, happens to be my granddaughter. Oh, my God. And we also have a birthday on March 28th. Just wanted to say hi. 
let you know that I absolutely adore listening to the podcasts. They're fun, they're informative, and I've learned so much. But I do have a genuine question. I'm 87, my hair is thinning, and I don't use any particular products because I'm concerned about whether or not they can affect my health. So I'm wondering, since you're an expert, if you can give me some guidance, if I should just live with it or if I should take some action. Hope to hear from you soon. Bye. So first of all, gorgeous. I'm obsessed. That's only like the fourth person in my life who I've met who has my same birthday. There's Aries Queens. We're obsessed. Also, I hope that Diane knows that Lady Gaga also shares our birthday. Uh, Erica, we love Diane so much. I do think that there are like certain products that are going to weigh down thinning hair and will exacerbate the look of your thinning hair. And there are certain products that are not great for the environment. Volatile silicones, also some like PEGs that can interrupt like the endocrine system and aren't great. As long as you're going for a product that has like some attention to sustainability and like cleanliness of formula, EWG certified or clean at Sephora certified. I think another way to look for that is like compared to the United States, Australia has way more strict guidelines for what can be sold there, as does the United Kingdom, Canada as well. So you can always look to see if some of your favorite brands are sold in like other countries that have more strict guidelines than what the United States does to see if they pass those kind of more rigorous tests. But I do think that there are a lot of products that do have great formulas that can make your hair look and feel fuller and can also promote more robust hair growth. Not to go back to it, but I'm so sorry. I just like love pre wash scalp oil so much. pre wash scalp oil, so good. Could not possibly hurt your health. It's going to be amazing. Really good for the hair. Really good for the scalp. Also, there's amazing volumizing shampoos and conditioners, which really, really, really do help with like the overall appearance of volume and feeling of volume in the hair. Also, I think foams and mousses have come such a far away. We're actually coming out with one in JVN hair that I love. That's a great clean formula. Way Dad has some great clean hair care formulas, some great mousses. There's so many great mousses that can really bulk up the hair and just make it feel so much fuller. I am also curious about if Diane's hair is color treated, if she's all silver, if it, she colors it, right? Is it dark or light? Oh, she's so cute. So I feel like she's got like a good ass head of hair though, too. So like we got to make sure of like how we talk to our hair. Like your hair is like gorgeous and it's like maybe it's like finer, like as we get a little older, but like you're slaying it, queen. It could also be, and I do love blonde for people that are like naturally gray because it's like just lower maintenance. But sometimes if the blonde gets really light, it can like seem finer. But I also wouldn't go like dark, dark or like brown or anything like that because that's so much maintenance on gray hair. But doing like a little bit of like honey in there or like putting a little bit more depth in the blonde, but keeping it blonde could also like help thicken it up a little bit, but not darker, just like more gold tones. But don't highlight it. No highlighting. It can be good if you're doing like a heavy highlight all over the head so you can't really see where they start and stop. But if you just do like a little bit of highlights on already fine hair, sometimes I feel like it like highlights the density of the hair. And even if you do do a highlight, like tone it back so that it's like almost the same color as the base color. So it's just like tone on tone variation, like not really visible PC highlights. Ah, Diane, that was such a good question. I love you so much. Ah. Ooh, Harry. So Harry asks about traction alopecia. Let's roll the voicemail. 
Hi, Jonathan. My name is Harry. I am calling because I was watching one of your videos and I saw that you mentioned attraction alopecia. I recently have been losing hair at the front of my head and on the back because I didn't follow your beauty advice and I would put a tight bun or ponytail in my hair after it's wet. I was wondering if you could give some tips or some advice to combat traction alopecia. I really appreciate it. Love your channel. Love your advice. Thank you. Harry, okay, love you. I have a few thoughts. One of my thoughts is when I hear you saying like the front and back of your head, is that like the crown back of your head or like the underneath back of your head? If it's the underneath back of your head or like behind your ears, then that sounds more like traction alopecia or it could be. If it's the front of your head and the crown of your head, it could be good to see a dermatologist to confirm that this is in fact traction alopecia and not hereditary or like any sort of like hormonal imbalance or anything like that. So with that being said, either way, tying your hair back wet into a tight ponytail or a tight top knot, not to shame you when you're already down, but like, why didn't you fucking listen to me, Harry? Why didn't you listen? Because you just, we can't be doing that. And this is why. When your hair is wet, it's going to be more elastic. It's going to stretch more. When it's dry, it's going to not be as stretchy, not be as elastic. So when you stretch it when it's wet and you fasten it in that position and then you let it dry, the hair is going to start to constrict in that fastened position. And if the tension is too tight, the hair is going to break because it can't stay that stretched as it dries. One thing that we can do is cut the hair a little bit. If you want to keep it long enough to put it up, that's fine. But taking the weight off of the ponytail then takes the weight off of the hairline that's supporting the ponytail. So going a little bit shorter is going to be helpful. If you don't need to keep your hair up at all, what would be the best would just be like, go short. Take all the pressure off. Don't be slicking it up at all. And just like, let your hair rest. Also, if that's like, oh, no, like I want my long hair, then do like what I do and blow dry your hair or let it air dry, but get the moisture out of it. And then you could do like a center part and a low bun. So instead of like a bun on top of your head, do like a low slung bun with a center part, or you could do a side part, but gather your hair at like the nape of your neck, not the top of your head. And that takes a lot of the pressure off your front hairline. Then doing like a pre-poo treatment to strengthen your hair and also make sure that your scalp is as healthy as it can be is going to be helpful, like a pre-wash scalp. I know I'm talking about it a lot, but it's like so good for so many different reasons. But also you could do something more aggressive than that from the dermatologist. I think for traction alopecia, sometimes they do like steroid injections into the scalp. There's hair transplants, which are getting better and better and better with technology. There's also these like Things where they like take like your blood and then they like spin the platelets and then like inject that into like the places where you lost hair. So there are more medical advances that are happening more and more every day to treat these issues. But some of those other suggestions that I made as far as like going shorter, don't do a top bun, do like a low slung bun or just take all that off and let it rest are going to be really helpful. And then also for a hair that's experiencing alopecia, doing more of like a strengthening shampoo or conditioner and then like a volumizing shampoo or conditioner is I think going to yield you your best results. Because as your hair is getting finer, you're going to want to keep the hair that you do have as strong as possible so it's not breaking from like putting it up or heat styling it. So I hope that helps. We love a dermatologist and we love you, Harry, and it's going to be okay. 
And you're hot no matter what your hair is. You know what I'm saying? You're super hot no matter what the fuck your hair is doing. So remember that, Harry. And remember when you met Sally? Uh, but I'm sh- our next question comes from Jordan of Wisconsin. Jordan sent us a question that a lot of you have wondered about. Here it is. Hello, Jonathan and Getting Curious fam. My name is Jordan. I'm from Wisconsin, and I have a question that I'd like to submit for the Q&A call. I'm always embarrassed to go get my hair done because I have trichotillomania. I know trichotillomania well, which is a form of OCD that causes me to pull my hair, pick up my head, etc. I find that once I start, it's hard to stop, even if I have things to do or it is painful. I have a horrible habit of picking at my split ends, too. So I feel like I'm every hairstylist's worst nightmare, lol. Do you have any tricks or tips on how to combat this? Thank you in advance. I'm a longtime listener of the pod and I'm excited to hear this episode. I have had so many clients over the course of my career who have struggled with trichotillomania. I think the first thing I would say is is that you're not alone. You're a fierce bitch. All of us have our things. It's like my old drag mother used to say, like, every girl's got to have her hobby. You know, everybody has something that they're going through. And this is the thing that you're going through. And you're still a hot, sexy bitch, even if you have trichotilla fucking mania. Okay. So with that being said, when you rip that little follicle thing out, like that little white bulb, I think it's called the papilla. Your body's got to like remake that. So it takes like a really long time. And once you atrophy that enough and you rip it out enough once your spots get to that space where they are like so no hair that it's almost like the back of your hand eventually it can stop growing back because it's just too much trauma to the skin so again like a dermatologist is a good thing here but also i think therapy could be really good hypnotherapy is something to try acupuncture is something to try mindfulness meditations are something to try even like an acceptance or like affirmation practice one thing that comes to mind for me like not to compare trichotillomania to getting off meth but i'm gonna emotion-filled therapy it's like this thing called tapping there's therapists who are like certified in emotion-filled therapy but it basically just like brings unwanted feelings. I used it for drug cravings. A lot of people use it for cigarette cravings. It's for any like unwanted behavior. And you can tap when you're having the impulse to do something. And it might not get you away from it immediately, but it's at least a practice you can get into that can give you more resources and tools to help to heal that part of you that's talking. It is like a form of OCD, which is a piece of the mental health world. So I think having a therapist to help you have more resources on how to deal with like onslaughts of trichotillomania could be really helpful. And then also making sure that you're like taking care of the scalp or the parts of your hair that you are pulling off. If it's your eyebrows, like you could do some castor oil on your eyebrows, which will help to regrow eyebrow hair. It also will help to strengthen your eyebrow hairs that you do have. So you could like apply some like oil or like brow enhancing serum for your hair on your head. You could do like a volumizing shampoo and conditioner to try to give like more volume and body to the hair around your spots. You can camouflage it a little bit more. You could also do like topics powder, depending on what your hair color is and depending on where your spots are. I don't know if you can control like where you pick, but like a lot of my clients who'd had like trichotillomania, like they were able to like kind of hide it, like like more underneath. It's like not right, literally like straight on top of your fucking head. But I think the biggest thing is, is to know that like you're worthy, you're beautiful, you're worthy of love. Like there's nothing wrong with you. That's really important to hold on to. Thank you so much for asking that question and for being vulnerable with us. And congratulations on reelecting Governor Tony Evers. Our next question is 
a voicemail from Trish. Hi, Jonathan. I love you so much. I saw you in Madison, Wisconsin, and we got Tony Evers elected, so I'm very happy. My question for you is, I am a white woman with no hair. I have male pattern baldness, and it's embarrassing, and I would love some help. I'm trying to figure out how to make myself look a little more beautiful. It's really sad to be a woman with no hair. If you have any chance of reaching out to me, I would really appreciate it. I would love to hear from you. I'm sorry I got teary, but it really is hard to be a woman with no hair. Thank you. I love you. You make me very happy. Have a great day. Uh, we love you, Trish. Thank you so much for asking us that question. So a few things. I don't know if we call it like male pattern baldness, like on anyone anymore. I feel like I need to like figure out what the word is, but it's basically just like genetic related hereditary alopecia. It can happen to you despite your gender. It actually happens to everyone with age. Like everyone in my family loses their hair. Like I'm on borrowed time genetics. So if you have like long hair on the sides and the back, but it's not growing on top anymore, it's getting really, really see-through on top. Toppers are like giving like chic toupee. There are these things that are almost like a little like cap that you just like kind of clip right on top of your natural hair on what you do have left. And then it kind of blends in with like your thicker hair on like the sides and the back. Toppers come in every different color under the sun. So you can get one that's like closer to your natural color if you're comfortable putting something on like that. If you're alopecia is to a point where like you really really just like do not have very much hair on the sides or the back or like enough that like a topper would be helpful what you could do is just fully lean into wigs just like go to the wig store and like try some on get a wig or two then you literally can take your wig to your stylist and like get your wig cut get it right like how you kind of like it have your stylist help you learn how to like put it on and stuff Typically, the more expensive a wig is up front, the longer it's going to last. So if you get like a synthetic wig that's not super expensive, it's not going to stand up to a cut as well and it's not going to last as long. But if you can get like a human hair wig, it will last longer and it'll stand up better to being cut and like manipulated. It'll like last longer. But honey, like so many celebrities, so many people wear full wigs, have absolutely no hair, like not enough hair to blend with the top or like they have to wear like a full on wig. And then also the thing to do too, I always think that like when I lose my hair, it's like I'm probably also going to lose mine. I'll just like do more of a face, put a lip on. I'm going to do some lashes. I'm just going to like accessorize a little bit more and just really adorn my gorgeous head. Get a little bit fun and creative with it and take the time that you would have spent on your hair and do it on your face and express yourself in that way. Like there's always a way for us to express ourselves. And I think that the more that you can invest in your relationship with yourself and the people around you, Having that strong sense of support and community around you is important. And also, there are so many support groups for people who are experiencing alopecia. And these toxic beauty standards that we hold people to and make people feel bad about, there are other people that are going through this and you can get support out there. Like, you're not alone. If you watch the segment of Getting Curious on Netflix with Ayanna Presley, she has alopecia totalis. She, like, lost all of her hair, like lashes, eyebrows, hair on her head, all of it. And she decided that she didn't want to wear wigs. She speaks to it so powerfully and so beautifully. And I've seen women of lots of different races take that approach, just embracing their baldness, embracing their alopecia and just rocking it. This world can be so cruel, but just know like you are beautiful. You are worthy. You are so worth love. You're a hot bitch, Trish, with or without hair. 
You got this, girl. We have a question from Christine in Tipton, Missouri. My question is, I have alopecia universalist and hate wearing wigs. I usually go bald or wear a bandana. My head sweats a lot, like I'm a glass of ice water and there's condensation on my head. And wigs just get too hot to wear at work. My question is, can you recommend a somewhat affordable type of wig that is cooler or perhaps tips on starting bandanas or even dealing with my sweaty head? Love you. Or a super sweaty head. And again, I'm not a doctor, but I do believe that you could do Botox throughout your head to reduce sweating. Like it is a treatment for it. It really will like reduce the sweating. Like Botox in your armpits, like hyperhidrosis. I do feel like wigs are just hot as shit. They just are. Like I've never worn a wig where I was like, oh, this is so breathable and comfortable. Actually, that's a lie. I did recently wear this one wig for this one thing that I can't tell you guys about yet. But when you see it, you're going to laugh really hard if it makes the edit of the thing that I did. So we'll see. But I did wear this like short cropped wig and it was actually very comfortable and very breathable. If you don't need to have a wig that's like super duper long and you can get away with like a cute little short one that has like a little swoopy fringe or something so it covers the hairline nicely so you don't have to worry about keeping that perfect. That could be nice. Like just do like a cropped, more short human hair wig. Christine, one thing that you could do, really chic wraps. Like there's so many like really cute wraps that like aren't bandanas, but they're just like scarf wraps and they're like way more lightweight and way more breathable. And you could rock that. And I think that should set you up for success. Thank you so much for your question, Christine. And I love you to pieces and you're amazing. And thanks for submitting your question and getting curious. And now we are like to our literal last question of the episode already. This is like the most fun episode of all time. And our last question today is from Aaron, who asks, when will you be having Tina Lasisi back on? Her episode was one of my favorites and mine too. You were both so excited and your joy was infectious. I love Dr. Tina Lasisi so much. I can't stand it. If you haven't experienced the joy of Tina Lasisi, make sure you subscribe to the podcast. We'll be re-releasing her episode of the show next week, Queens. So you got to catch up on that one. It like literally is so good. It was like a highlight of 2022 for me. Thank you so much again for everyone who called, texted, or sent their questions on social media. We're going to be answering more of your questions related to the podcast and beauty because I talked a lot today. Whoopsie. In a few weeks as we celebrate our 300th episode of the show. And we're going to leave our listener line open in the hopes of doing more episodes like this in the near future. It was so much fun. You can find more information at jonathanvanness.com. You've been listening to Getting Curious with me, Jonathan Van Ness. Our guest this week was me and all of you gorgeous listeners. Hearing from you all has nourished my soul like a deep moisture mask. And I just love it so much. This really was so much fun. If you're still curious about beauty, you're in luck. Over the next two weeks, we're rerunning not one, but two episodes celebrating beauty from all angles. From science to history to self-care, we've got it all. You can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Curious with JBN. Our theme music is Freak by Quinn. Thank you so much to her for letting us use it. Our editor is Andrew Carson. Getting Curious is produced by me, Erica Ghetto, and Zara Krim. 